we're back here at James's Corner. We're here with uh, a special guest, Junior, uh, an agent in the federal system who works hands-on with human trafficking. This is our second episode. Um, we're going to have one more after this, a third one, so it's going to be a three-part series. If you haven't listened to the first one, please go back and listen to it to get, I guess, better understanding and knowledge on human trafficking, on, on how it occurs, different signs to look for, and the labor that goes into it. Today, we'll be talking about the sexual, uh, what happens in the big industry with sex, and then later on down the line in this segment, we'll move on to the abuse at home and how that that affects these kids and how it happens. So if you're ready, let's you ready for this one, brother? Yeah. 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 All right. Let's hop into it. And if you're listening, be prepared. This one's gonna be, be uh, it's gonna be I guess a lot. It's mm. gonna be a lot. So just be prepared for this one. But you know what? It's don't don't have fear. Just use this as a as awareness. So let's hop into the sexual stuff that happens in this human trafficking realm, and and let's just share some share some light on this these themes. And we left off the last last segment, James, with um, the scouters that go to school and how people are moved and all this transported and how that actually works. But where the main money is starting, obviously, it comes in. It's in the sexual part because, I mean, there's nothing less. Let's be honest. We live in a sexual perverse world and it's intensifying each and every single day. And it continues to intensify when it's that's Satan at his best and doing what he needs to do. Um, but uh the process of human trafficking and going into the sexual exploitation of it. It's pretty intense. Um, there's been numerous, numerous times that, uh, we've been involved to be able to save people, uh, from this, uh, it's more like a transfer. We get to catch, catch them either in safe houses or in transfer homes or transfer situations where they're bought, where them themselves are going to be transferred. And about a year and a half ago, I was in, the state of Georgia and we had a big link case that went out there and we were following uh, a certain individuals that were that started there they started in in South Africa they moved over to Mexico and then from Mexico they moved here to the states and they were operating out of Georgia I mean uh, Georgia was probably one of those places the last place that you think that yeah. something like this would happen but it was quiet it was a quiet place it was a rural area it's not a, it's not a big, no. big state it's it, more trees in georgia it's huge i mean it's a, not a big state but there's a lot of rural areas yeah, a lot that's of true. a lot of space that's uh a lot of space that's open um which things could be hidden but they were these guys were smart super super smart and of course you guys didn't hear about this on the news because it was never out there these guys had planes Landing pads, um, doctors, drugs, uh, medicine. Um, when we found, we also found a bunch of chains, a bunch of, uh, we saw hammers, tools, screws, just the, um, just to try to get as vivid as possible to lead you guys up to what we're, we're what we're, you're going to see or you're going to hear. There was drills. There was whips, there was um, the clothes all over the place, there was um, blood, you saw blood immediately upon arrival when we got there, so we knew immediately that this was the spot, and it's not something that you just kind of prepare for, it just kind of hits you, at, on, I mean on my side, and it was a big warehouse, 
probably something like you see like in it was probably more like a, a planter's warehouse where mm. it's kind of more like an aluminum type of field. And once we made entry, we had three teams that hit from north, south, east, but no meaning as far as building. We all entered, and when I when I got to see the glimpse of it, all you saw was um, ages maybe from 10 all the way up to 22, man. Oh, wow. Um, mixed between males and females. Um 99.9% of them were drugged um, getting ready to be transferred and there was a section of the warehouse where there was a back where it was probably maybe about close to 50 rooms that they made that these people made and in those 50 rooms were more people that were chained literally changed, changed chained like if you would see a chain like kind of Remember, I don't know if you grew up, but back in my day, we had a chain where we would chain the dog, <laughs> and that way it wouldn't leave. But yeah. those were the chains that little people were wrapped around their ankles, oh, connected wow. to their ankles. Um, you couldn't move when you had certain movement to go back and forth. So when we made entry, there was, I think, the, the youngest girl that I saw, James, was about nine years old. And... Um, uh, you could just see her, her eyes. That were she was just lost, lost. And upon arrival, she's looking. And you, you, I had that eye, eye to eye encounter. Uh-huh. Um, she was fully undressed. She was completely naked. She was bruised all over the place. And you, you think that a nine-year-old was, I don't know how many times she had gotten raped. Yeah. You could tell that she was there for a good while. Um. Bruises all of it, and she caught me my attention. I couldn't, I couldn't go any forward. I had to step away, along with mostly of our team. We had to just step away and take a, take a deep breath because it was pretty intense. It, it was see, something that you never seen. No, not you think you wouldn't see something humanly possible. Yeah, because you see a nine-year-old little girl that's probably been there for a while. How she's lived that long, only God knows how she lived mm-hmm. that long. Um. So we'd be going, we we begin to go take the chains off these these people and the chains, the, like you know how you wear a watch for a long time and then it yeah, leaves it you marks? Yeah, starts leaving the marks, marks on you. And these things were embedded inside their skin on some of them. And we had doctors that had to come take these things out. And and what caught me, and I still think about it, even in talk, was my focus was on that nine-year-old little girl. And I'm looking at her, and I'm just like, "How can I help you inside of?" Mm-hmm. And we we cleared the whole place. We ended up taking away about 162 people that were sexually human trafficked. Wow! And what what ages do you think? Yeah, like from? I said, they were in, from 10 to 22 in those ages. Yeah. And the nine year old was an exception. She was the only one that's there. So they were getting ready to. They were working out of there, but they were also getting ready. To be transferred throughout the United States, throughout throughout basically the world. What we hit was one of the biggest one of the biggest hubs of transfer that was continuously transferring. And that Remember, was in Georgia. This was in Georgia. Oh wow! So, as a as as you were willing in all these people, they were heavily medicated mm. with drugs, heavily medicated to lose their their loss not their loss of thinking, but their 
their yeah. mobility, mm. their the their like sense, of their sense of anything. They thought they were, think about it as being numb. I don't know if you ever got that numb feeling. Yeah, where you're just numb to things, like you don't know what you to do. You don't know what to do, and you can't really can't control you can't. What, what you're doing. And then one of those instances, one of the I guess, these people are being shot up with drugs every thirty minutes. Damn. Little by little, not too much, just to keep them at that numb level. And they were getting in one of those 30 minutes. All those 30 minutes started coming up, and people were just freaking out as they were coming out. They so they're getting, like, withdrawals already with, from... Oh, immediately, they're coming out, and they don't know what's going on. They see us. We're trying to calm them down. We're trying to help them. The trauma of those people, I would never, never have ever seen anything like that before in my life. The trauma of they're scared, they're angry, mm-hmm. some, are, some are laughing, some are hitting you because they don't want to leave because they're used to that place. Some want to leave. Some are running. Some are, it's all, it's, it's a chaotic scene at that moment. And we're sitting there and we're just kind of trying to be the best that we can to calm down that situation. But at the end of the day, what do you do? I mean, there's that place was linked to truckers. Mm -hmm. They were coming there. People that men, they were looking for sex for, with young women, sex with young boys. Um, People that knew about this operation were coming there just to see, literally pay, have sex, and leave. And and to see that perversion at its highest was probably one of the craziest things I've seen in, in 12 years of doing this, this type of work. And you're looking at this over and over again, like, how do you live this way humanely possible? How does, how, how does this happen? Yeah, there's no way, like, people do that, so, that, that type of stuff. I mean, you can't imagine seeing these people and next thing you know they're out here raping like what you said a nine-year-old or they have 20 people from ages of 10 to 22 hostage using them for drugs using them for sex having just random guys come in pay just have sex with them and they go like it just doesn't seem human like Mm -mm. like there it's like there's something else behind it all like there's no way that's I, I just can't imagine. When it comes to your sense, I mean, there's no way a human can do all this to these types of people. And it, and it, and it's sad because it was a little army. You could call it an army operating, maybe what? I think it was about 45 to 50 people operating in this ring that had full control of this area. Oh, wow. So, um,. Thank God it was peaceful. It was a peaceful transition. Nothing else happened. They knew they were caught. Nothing. We didn't have to see anything like that. But just to make to make an awareness, all these children were from all over the world. Not all over the world. They were just right here from the United States. Yes, they're some from, from California, some from LA, some from Corona, oh. some from uh, Texas, Arizona. This is just people that are being literally trafficked to to make money yeah and you didn't hear about it on the news of course they're not going to i mean if it was something where the the u.s saw it as a big issue of course oh you would have heard about it like that but Mm -hmm. since it's something on the low you're never going to hear about these types of things and there's some things that you do hear they'll they'll just to check off a box i guess you could say they'll sometimes put it on sometimes they won't I mean, so just to keep the people, just to keep the people at ease, because yeah. the people at ease do know that this is happening. But I mean, this is a constant thing that we deal with every day. And for that specific case, man, there's people that we rescued from that place that are still traumatic till this day. 
that still can't get out of it, that are still, um, we get to not fully check up on them. We did our due diligence. I mean, we saved them. That's about it. But at the end of the day, we could only do so much. Yeah. There's not enough rescue homes for people like this, and there's not enough help for people like this. There's not a lot of psychological help for this, and there's sure is then there's no help spiritually. I think the closest people that we get are the Catholic Church, like I told you about uh-huh. at breakfast. There's a Catholic Church that I'm not going to mention any names that really does work hand in hand with this with the transfer, but they only take them so far. They help them physically and physically and mentally, but at the end of the day, the a spiritual part is a totally different area. Yeah. But um. This just I did my recap on that nine year old little girl. She ended up dying. Um, oh wow! This I just found out about a month ago from the traumatic that she was the trauma and the physical abuse she was receiving. She was already what then eleven? She was nine. Oh no! But like when she passed away, then yeah, she just passed away two months ago. I just found out. And this happened about last year's toward the end of last year. So she was around ten then yeah. already, and it's just it was just too much. Yeah. And you know you don't. You hear that and you're like, you you just hope that God has his his merciful hand upon these kids. They said that they, I think, I think there's a close to a liter of semen of human semen that they found inside her stomach when they when she passed away. What the? And you can only know what happened, what yeah. she was forced to do. That was just. We don't know in the other areas what she was forced to do or what she felt there. Just but from that alone, you already know that yeah. it was. she had to be raped then multiple yeah, times. There's multiple. no way it was just one or two times. It had to go up for at least a dozen to have that much semen and found in the body of a, like you say, nine-year-old, a leader. And it's, you just can't, I guess you could say, you just can't think that. You, you can't imagine seeing that or hearing that it just it sounds unreal but it sounds unreal but unfortunately it's not man and and that's just the corporate role the people that we sometimes get to save and but we miss so many there's not enough people that are tackling it. our agency cone once again i'm not saying that we're the elite or the best or anything like that but we can only do so much as that mm-hmm. we are allowed to do yeah and at the end of the day there's more that needs to be done there's so much focus on so many other things, but these are people. I mean, if you look at on the biblical standpoint, man, you see that that in the end times, man, we're gonna we were we were gonna see this. This is just stuff that Satan has his hand upon and had his hand upon about a long time. Mm-hmm. And like and for us to see vivid stuff like this has been pretty crazy on my end, on my in my world. I mean, there's sometimes where. It takes me an hour longer to get home from work just to te- just to decompress from all that. Just to just to have some sort yeah. of sanity um, because it does you know, affect you. If it if it affects me as a person rescuing, how is the person receiving the abuse feel? Mm-hmm. What has she gone through on that on a daily basis? And you've only done it for I guess you could say like an hour, but yeah. they years. You don't know. How. You don't know how long. At the end of the day, man, it's just. It happens immediately. Once they're picked up within that 24 hours, if the law enforcement does not find that individual, they're gone, man. And the process, of, from what we learn in our statistics and our objectives, is that they'll first start, they'll, they'll be abused immediately, physically, 
to submission and they need until it takes them whatever long it takes them to understand that this is the world that they're going to live in. Yeah. This is the world that you got captured. This is what's going to happen to you, whether you like it or not. And if you don't want to do it, there's, you're going to get beaten into it. I mean, some of the instances that we found out, they'll either kill them and just be done with it because there's some people that won't. I mean, solidify them. So they'd rather die and do this. But there's some people that percentage wise shows that we have 60 to 70 percent of these people that are captured, these young people captured, are will go ahead and just kind of, and they'll do it. Yeah. There's nothing that they're going to do. And they'll start off, they'll, they'll get beat. Right after that, they'll get medicated and they're sold. They're sold for, they're sold for that amount of money, two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollars at at one point. And in this instance where we were at, they were every time each person that came in, you're looking at two thousand mm-hmm. dollars just to have intercourse with one of these people. They give the two thousand dollars, they leave, and they're done. That's it. That's it. And the little girl, traumatic, along with the others, mm-hmm. are just sitting there getting raped over and, and over and over again. And if they don't coincide with what the person is paying for, if they're not doing the sexual duty, per se, of what the person is asking for, then they get beat, they get punished, they mm-hmm. they, they get hurt because, I mean... They, they want to please what the people pay for and exactly. bring them back, and that's... That's it. And they'll get beat in that instance, or they'll go to another person and get it, or if that person's not going to do it, they'll get pushed aside, they'll be put in a cage... They come back to put another person there. It's just the way the operation works. Yeah. <coughs> and we've seen it. We get these details. We get the details of this because we have we captured the leaders. We captured the people that are that are doing this, and they 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 give us more. Obviously, the world of intel. The mm-hmm. intel they'll give you as much as you can so you can operate and understand. And once they tell you the intel, I mean that's how we receive our statistics. Um, who better than the people that are running this thing? Yeah. And there's some people that, believe it or not, have... I, I don't even know. I, I guess you could say... I, I don't even want to use the word repentance. I don't know if you could repent from something like that. I mean, that's just my <laughs> <Yeah>. personal perspective, <laughs> man. I was, you, you don't know how... I don't know. And they try to say that they're sorry for it, but, I mean, Jesus helped me on that area. That's an area that I need to work on uh-huh. because I, I don't believe it. But yeah, It's hard for you to see that, like, these people should already be in hell. Like, yeah, there's like, no way they should. It should be immediately sent to hell, but I'm not God, man. But I mean, and that's how we get our intel, man. They tell us the process and they, they, they it's a crazy thing because it's happening and it continues to happen and it'll continue to happen, man. Until something gives, something changes, something shifts mm-hmm. and, 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 and in that world because it's a, it's a trip, man. For a nine-year-old growing and I'm pretty sure there's probably been worse that I didn't get to see yeah. than someone else's experience um, that that they probably seen worse. I mean, I've heard stories of five-year-olds. I've heard stories of four-year-olds. Of, I mean, I heard one story where, and it was a legit case. It was a legit case, man. It was a parent. It was two parents that had an, uh, an infant of nine months that was still um, drinking out of the bottle. Yeah. Um, you said gay living. Yeah, um, go for it. Hey, they would get we're here to six adults. Um, and when the baby was hungry, the men would pull out their penis and the baby would 
instead of drinking milk, yeah. we drink semen from the from the men in the in that party. That is now that that's you. you I, I don't even know. Pause the silence, say. right? Yeah, because it's so it it happens. It's it's disgusting, like um, for anyone to think that and do that type of stuff to a not even one year old to not even anyone. Like, come on, they they. Yeah, <laughs> and then to me, isn't that mean? It's just it's breathtaking. Yeah. But what can you do? I mean, as a law enforcement official, you want the best for these people, for yes. the people that are rescued. But at the end of the day, of seeing that there's not enough help mm-hmm. breaks my heart, and I and and it breaks my teammates' heart because we can only do so much and exploit so much. And there's things, the things that I'm releasing, I'm allowed to, yeah. To me, but there's so many other things that I can't. You know what I mean? So these are just little scratches, like I said, that I can. That I mean, we're a team of six. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, that's what we're we're concentrating, focused to do. And case after case is very different. Yeah. Case is different. I mean, obviously, you always try to get big guys. The big tangos that are running this whole thing. You got to start from the top. You, start from, you try to do the best that you can, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's at home. It's in our own home. And that's that's a big one at home too, because it happens. Yeah, and and, and that's that's scary because we're gonna go into it. I mean, there's so much human trafficking that's happening at home with with parents. Yeah. Um, with parents that um. That are abusing their kids sexually right now, and there's not enough kids to be able to say a voice or say something to come out and say it because they're mean? afraid. I mean, yes, nobody likes to go out and say that, no. oh, my dad or my uncle sexually abused me or tried to rape me. It's something where they don't like to speak out because they don't. First of all, it's going to be hard to find someone they trust, and second of all, the last thing they want is. For someone who's tried to do it to find out and it could happen or be worse than what it was. And and it's sad because the trust factor is everything, James. Mm-hmm. The trust factor is everything. Um, you have to be able to... It's sad, but there's there has to be resources, man, that need to rise up and be, be that comfort, be that Jesus love comfort. To kids, yeah, that are that are involved in this right now. I mean, there's probably someone that's gonna hear this right now. It's probably being affected by this as we speak. But there needs to be someone that's resources are gonna be able to come out and be able to be free from this because God didn't call us to live a a a, a, a life of slavery. Yeah, okay. God calls us to live a life of freedom, and we see it throughout Scripture from Genesis to Revelation that. God always shows up and his purpose was for us not to live enslavement. So if you, I don't know who I'm saying this to, and I pray to God that it's, I pray that, that you remember second Timothy one seven and that you remember that God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but he gave you a spirit of power, love and of a sound mind. That's who you are. That's who you need to live. And that's who you need to receive yourself as you are. You're a child of the living God. Yeah. And if you are going through something like that, 
ask God to show you someone. Number one, this is going to be a relationship with you and you and God for you to get out of it. You mm-hmm. have to want to get out of it. Yeah, It's not that you love it. It's not that you're scared. Seeing it on my perspective, you're going to have to put your mind and your heart to it on another level and say, I want out of this, God, and be able to find someone to be able to trust. And then at the other end, James, us as Christians, we need to be able to stand up to this and say, I, I, I need to be able to grab this individual, whoever it is, and help them through this process. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a day process. It can it's take not, years. It's years. And we, us as Christians, we need to have that patience and trust God. Like, you know what? This is going to be a long process, but you're going to work through it. You're going to be the center of it, and you're going to be able to help them. And we're going to, we have to be used as vessels, I guess you could say. Be, be able to not be afraid of, of what could happen because at the end of the day, God is on our side and he's not going to let something happen to us if, if it's what he wants. So we have to be able to, to stand up to it and be able to be like a vessel of encouragement and hope for these kids to know that there's, there's a, there's a place and there's a God who, who loves them and is willing to, to set them free. And, but it's like what you said, they have to want it. And, and, and deep down inside, we, we as people know that they want it, but, you can't put yourself in that situation. You know what I mean? We, we, we can't things. understand it. We can't comprehend it. So for us to get mad at them, like, oh, it's because you're not trying hard enough. You, we're at fault there because we we will never understand it unless we go through that. And and, and it's sad because I went through it. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I was never abused sexually, but I was abused physically, which is another way of you could human traffic. It's a control. Um, my father was, I mean, you're... The guy that yelled, the guy that abused, the guy that physically hit you because you did something wrong, and not saying that. I mean, a physical abuse from a pat, from a pat, from being disciplined is totally different. Oh yeah. And now you're going into. I'm sharing my experience. Is I I was growing up. I grew up in my home, man. And when I left to go to school and play some baseball, my um, I found out my sister was getting sexually abused by my father. And to see and to know that my sister got sexually abused by my father was pretty intense, man. It was pretty hard. And I look at my sister now for where she's at now. She went through the process of releasing that hurt and that pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was still, she's still in in this very moment. This happened 10 years ago. There's this very moment where my, my sister will come and break down sometimes. And we have to be there as a family to help her through yeah. that. You know what I mean? We have to be there as a family to pray for her and intercede for her because it's a constant battle that you're going to the Live devil with. wants to the, the, what does the bible say the devil comes to light kill yeah. and destroy it's a constant way he wants to destroy you and kill you so he's going to be able to trigger it in your mind yeah. so it's 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 going to always be a concept it's always going to be there but we have to realize who our god is yeah. and how how powerful he is and what he can do through that and it, it, exactly, James, and we need to really stand on the promises of God that are yes yeah. and amen and believe together that people can get rescued and keep, people can be free from this. Statistics show, James, 70% of people that are raped or physically abused sexually will be addicted to sex the rest of their lives. And you're looking at young women that are 13, 14 years old that will be addicted to sex. Statistically saying, that's what they're saying, that will be addicted to sex for the rest of their lives. How do you overcome that? How do you do that? The only way that we're going to overcome that and do that is 
by the power of prayer, mm-hmm. by the power of, of, of interceding and fasting, man. And this is to me, if you're going to do really attempt to do this, you need to be spot on spiritually. You're going to fight hell itself. You're going to fight Satan itself. Yeah. So how do we defeat that? The Bible, how did Jesus defeat the devil, the devil? And you he know got that tempted I mean, he got tempted to face. face to face and he did it by prayer and fasting. So a lot of people don't like to do that, but at the end of the day, we need those people to rise up and yep. and do that. You know what I mean? And it's something that to see young women now being on the other side of the pastoral role, you see testimonies, you hear testimonies where there's when young ladies that go up to my wife and they tell them, I'm, I'm addicted to sex. I'm addicted to having sex because I was abused sexually. And it's a... It's a liberating process that they have to go to because you don't want a 16-year-old always having sex. It's you don't like, want a 17-year-old having sex. Mm-hmm. But To them, know. it's like a drug, I guess you could say. It's, exactly. It's, it's giving them that, um, what could you say, that release inside their brain. It's a certain like a chemical that gets released that calms them, that makes them feel in, at peace. So to them, they need the sex to, to combat their anxiety of not having it because they they they're over time they just got so used to it it's like doing drugs you get so used to it that you're going to always need it to feel sane and that's what's happening and the, there. S- and the sad part is that they weren't forced they weren't they didn't go get it they were forced into mm-hmm. it they were forced into doing it by a parent by a mother by by whatever it was that happened in that situation they were forced into that situation it sucks now because now they have to reap the consequence of yeah. that and now really need help. You know what I mean? You can't you can't do life alone. You need, you need to do life together. There's so many people that battle battle alcoholism, drug addiction, um, anger addiction, whatever it may be, man, but this is another level, man. This is yeah. this is another level of this is people that have been physically and sexually abused to do things that they weren't, you know what I mean? And and I and let's be transparent, James. I mean, it's, it's even happened in church. Yeah. You know I mean, I had a I had a friend, close, very close friends of ours. They, they, I got the permission for them to say that, be, to use this story, where they're at church, man. And the kid's abused, he's, and he's a three-year-old. And they find out because the kid showed all the signs that I just said about in the first time. Mm-hmm. It was off. His demeanor was off. He was down. He was very submissive. He was doing this. And you know what hurt the most that they end up finding out legitimately, finding out who it was, and what does the church do? They sweep it under the rug. They and don't they do want nothing. It. They don't want to exploit it because they don't want to bring bad news to the church, yeah. to the pastor. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are so, you kidding me? Like, what if it was your own child? I so, see that. It's, it's like, you're, 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 as a parent, you're not going to stay quiet about it. Yeah. The first thing you want to do is to let everyone know that this happened, but. When it's to the convenience that we don't want the church to look bad, then of course they're gonna sweep it under the rug. But since that's something you don't do, like you, you can't, you can't do that for any type of situation. And it, and it's hard for it, and it's hard for a pastor. Your grandpa's a pastor. Your 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 uncle's a pastor, and being put in a situation like that as a pastor is probably gonna be the most difficult thing. Yeah. Um, my pastor told me a story where he had the same situation in his church, and. As a human being, he wanted just to console the victim. But he forgot that Jesus also came for the person that's causing yeah. the damage. How do you deal with that? 
that's got to be the hardest thing on the face of the planet to be able to deal with those two situations. How do you do that? You know what I mean, and that's why it's so much prayer that we need to do that. And it, it, a lot of wisdom, a lot of counsel, you know what I mean? Because you want to help the person that's causing the victim because little do you know, also the statistics show the person that abuses another person has been abused, has been abused themselves. And so we know that. You got you to gotta figure out. There's got to be a chain that breaks. Yeah. It's gotta be a chain that breaks. So that that's one of the things and 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 if you're a student, if you're a, a young person, I, I I plead the blood of Jesus that you have the courage and strength to speak out mm-hmm. because you need to speak out. You don't you don't deserve to live like this. Jesus didn't call you to live that way. And it's time for you to speak out. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. That person needs help and that person needs Jesus and you do not deserve that. So I ask you from the bottom of my heart as a parent, number one, to please speak out. As a as a as a law enforcement official, please speak out. <laughs> as a person and humanity, just please yes. speak out because it's time for a change in your life. It's time for God to redeem you and turn your trauma into your present testimony. That's what I believe in, and um, I pray that somebody's touched by this. I pray the Holy Spirit of God touches someone. And comes out of it because, at the end of the day, I I just we want we want to see these people help mm. and free. Yeah, you you don't want to see them suffering. That's the last thing you want to do. And sometimes you gotta. It may be even the people you know, but you don't want to say anything. I guess because what you're good friends with the parents or something. But if you know something's happening at home, you should be able to speak out about it, and feel good about it because you're able to help out. You're sexually trafficked yeah. at home, and which, and you don't want to use the word, but you're sexually trafficked at home, and you don't need to be sexually trafficked at home. And who knows where that could lead to? Exactly. At the end of the day, there's cases that we've had, James, where parents have sold their kids to sexual slavery. Like their own parents, like I can't imagine my mom and dad yeah, saying, like, "Oh, you're going," and they're going to do it casually. Oh, you're going to this trip or something. Oh, okay, next thing you know, you're a done deal. That's it. And. That's the perverse world that we're living in. And even the parents themselves are able to do that to their own kids. It, it's it's sad. It's not even that's not even humane to tell your own kids knowing that what's gonna happen to them just so what you can get money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's just not it's just not humane at all to think that or to do that as a as a parent. No. And 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 once again I just if you're a parent listening to this I pray that you take full advantage of your children and appreciate your children and love on your children and see who you are. If you're an uncle, just appreciate your nephew, your niece. If you're a grandparent, appreciate them, man, because it's going to get worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you see it biblically, and there's an attack on our children and our generation. And we pray that God continues to protect them and cover them in the blood of Jesus send their angels to protect them but it's it's our duty as parents to protect our children to be involved in what they do to be involved in their Instagram pages to be involved in Snapchat to be involved in if they have Facebook to be involved in Facebook TikTok all that stuff <coughs> we need to be really really involved in that because we need to protect our children yeah and the bible says that the devil prowls around like a lion looking who to devour. 
And if we're not putting up a barrier to protect our children, he's going to get them. Yeah. And let's be honest, he's going to get them. But this is a time for us to wake up. This is a time for us to raise up. At the last end of the day, we don't want to see this ever again in our lives and in our churches and our communities and our counties and in the nation, man. There's there there needs to be a change in this. Mm-hmm. And I pray out of this that people people need to be called to this area. Yeah. They can't just say, Oh, I'm gonna go do it and help out because they feel sorry. You have a great heart, God bless you. But you need to be called to this. You need to be ordained to this. This is not a game. This is not a joke because what you're going to encounter is a spiritual thing that you need to be prepared for. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to help you. You could be there psychologically and compassionate, but at the end of the day, to be in-depth, to be able to rescue these people. You have to be spiritually strong. Yeah. You have to, not spiritually strong, but strong character too. You can't just break down or be hesitant. You have to know what's right and stuff and you have to be spiritually strong of course because it's a battle between the devil and of course you yeah and well i tell you this because on a personal basis as well my my brother-in-law has we're gonna get vivid yeah my brother-in-law also was sexually abused growing up um And to this day, he's become, he's a young young man, 50, very successful. But he lives a homosexual life. Why? Because a man that abused him was a man. And his first encounter sexually was with the man. Was it the man. So that triggers that homosexuality. And I'm not saying, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be very honest. You're not born into homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Let's be biblical. You can't you can't say that God made you to go love a man and a man and a woman. There has to be something. It's just not it. God knows God made a man for a woman and a woman for a man. Let's be completely honest. Let's be holy here. Let's yeah. be sanctified here. So I want you to understand that that if you that human trafficking is so intense that when you do come out of it, you're still gonna have the side effects of withdrawals, but you have to be in constant prayer to be free from that because whoever did abuse you, if it was the same sex, you're probably going to end up, statistics show that you will end up being, having that life. But we don't believe in statistics, James. We believe in the power of God that could free yes. these people. So it's understanding that we need to intercede on behalf of them because it's real. It's real. Yeah. And I mean, it's, <coughs> and you know, it's sorry, like, James, <laughs> that's right. And and that, that happens a lot of the times. It's something that triggers them. It's not, they don't want to be with another man. It's just that that's what they've gotten so used to yes. that to them. That's the only way they seek pleasure yes. is with, is with that because that's who, who they were abused by. And it happens at home and it may happen in there in the corporate or the, the human trafficking, but that's a main reason why. And there's only, my thing is, there's only psychological therapy. Mm-hmm. That's it for people that come out of this. Now, where's the spiritual therapy at? You and I were talking at breakfast, and even your mom said, what has happened to the days of seeing people set free from demonic possession to oppression to healing to miraculous healing? What has happened to those days? It, it, it's like diminished, I guess you could say. It's, yeah, it's gone. It's gone down, or it's quiet. It's it's not. It's dormant right now. It's sleeping, but it ha- it happens, but not in our eyes. Really, it's no. 
because there's so much distraction. Yet in other countries, it probably does because they solely rely on God yeah. and the Holy Spirit. But here in the U.S., since there's so much that we, we feel like, oh, we don't need God for this because we get a job and go pay this and that. So I feel like here in the U.S., we, we lose that because of the, the, there's so much that we now can rely on other things than God himself. And it's crazy because I'm funny. It's funny that you see say that just being on the ministerial part. We're so we want to entertain more than to set people free. Mm-hmm. We want to make feel people feel uncomfortable instead of preaching the message. We want to water down the message of the gospel instead of speaking it with truth, love, and correction. I mean, the book of Timothy tells us that. There's going to be areas that God's going to speak to us that are hard yeah. and are convicting. And how can we come out of that? How can, if we're not sowing righteousness and truth and holiness into our congregation, how are we ever going to see a con- congregation transform? So, and it and some people are doing it, some not. Some are so used to just wanting numbers and entertaining than really seeing people set free. And the go, Jesus, what did Jesus do? Jesus came to sit down with the worst of the worst people that were in human trafficking, people that were slaves, people that were addicted, people mm-hmm. that were bound. And what did he do? He didn't go to a platform. He went down to be with them. He went down to sit down with them and set them free. Yeah. Can and my question is, can we get back to that as 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 Christian loving people? And that, that's what I mean, we need to set these people free. <clears throat> we can't bring them, I guess you could say to a church with lights and everything cuz they're going to feel what the heck is this? We need to. It needs to be genuine. It needs to be in, intimate. It's just God, Holy Spirit, the person, and really have the the Holy Spirit break those chains that need to be broken. To know that, that that's the real power of the Holy Spirit. So it needs to be that way, and we need to get back to that. Yeah. We need to be able to to know that we, when we go to church, we don't need the lights. We don't need the music to to have us feel. What special a church to have us? I guess I don't know. To have us feel like the presence or the spirit? No, it has to be intimate. It has to be without, without that, because the, the spirit's always gonna move in silence. And if we have all that distraction, he's gonna be like, "Why do you need me then?" Yeah. If you if you just rely on this to make you feel, to feel like you have something going on for you. And I'm not trying to bash anybody, no. man. I I say that respectfully. I mean, I'm not saying that. Having the lights is a wrong thing or having doing things is having that. But at the end of the day, it's a personal relationship with God. The lights will not get you into heaven. <laughs> no. Um, the atmosphere is not going to get to heaven. It's going to be you and God that will get you into heaven. You could speak in tongues by yourself. You could pray by yourself in your car and experience the love of God and the spirit of God and, and doing that. But at the end of the day, there's people that need help. There's people that are in our homes right now that need help. There's people quiet. that we know if we're quiet, we're not going to do that. And at the end of the day, you don't need to go to the next door neighbor and lay hands on a person. If you know someone's being sexually abused, you need to really pass and fast and pray for that for that Poor person hand, yeah. and just pray, man, and just pray. And you will see God do. Nothing's impossible for God. Yeah. We see it all the time. And to help, to help people, the first thing that we need to do is just begin to pray and fast and have people come out and just say god I, i've been affected by this god and i don't want to live like this no more i don't want to be trafficked i don't want to be human trafficked in my home there's already enough of that outside of my home and i, I want i don't want to feel this in it my should home. be a safe place at home yes. you come home and you know you're safe you're not 
gonna be abused by your your parents or something or your older brothers or older siblings. Mm-hmm. You know that at yeah. home you're you're safe. You're it's like an escape from the world that you're you're safe there that no one's gonna bother you the way it happens outside. And, and you look at a Gabriel Fernandez, a guy with the guy the, the Gabriel Files. Yeah, was on, Netflix. on Netflix. How nev- how intense was that? It it was pretty intense because <laughs> it was something where it brought brought a lot of I guess you could say awareness because it was they had the files video pictures they had everything they had teachers and stuff speak out but yet they were afraid at times to speak out and really I guess you could say keep the kid at home like the teacher that was speaking when I was watching it and that's like a part that my mom watches like as a teacher she's like if I was in that place I would have lost my job for that kid I would have kept them with me and take it to where it needs to be with the mm-hmm. right people. And I would have lost my job to that kid. And that's what we're afraid of. We, we care more about the money at times than saving a lot of these kids. We're afraid to lose our job than saving, hey, at least one or two kids. But I'd rather save one or two kids from this and lose my job. Because I, I know that that's what, that, that's to me, that would make me more content than getting a paycheck. Yep. And that's what I noticed that she was, she would call and stuff and still notice it, but. Never really cared to take them into her own hands. There's teachers out there. You're a teacher for a reason. You're a youth pastor for a reason. Uh, can you say, be mindful of that mm-hmm. and be aware of that? I can tell you countless of kids in our ministry, James, that when we were youth pastoring, so many kids that came that would break down and tell us that. And my wife and I would come home crying sometimes because what do we do? Yeah. I mean, and all we can do is pray and fast. And we would help them the best that we can. We put them to a process the best that we can, but there was not enough support, not enough help. You don't see a you don't see a church that has a a ministry where they're gonna say, Have all those homosexuals come to my church because this is where they're gonna be free mm-hmm. and free indeed and then we'll live a normal life. Because, oh my God, you have homosexuals at your church. What do you have so many doing there? If you only knew what's happening behind the scenes and we're praying for people like this. Yeah. Because they've been enslaved. They've been trafficked. They're coming out of this. They've been sexually abused. They're being free here. That's why they're here. Mm -hmm. That's why they're going to be free. That's why we want them here because there's an avenue and an asset here that God's going to set them free. And yeah. I'm, once again, I'm not trying to bash. And if your church is doing it, God bless you. We need more to rise up. Yeah. And, and if you're doing it, I pray that every resource from heaven comes your way because these are people, this is God's creation mm-hmm. that we shouldn't live in that manner or in that form ever again in our lives. Yeah. And we pray that and never will, but that's where, that's where we're at. With my, my young friend James, that's where we're at, man. And this is this is real world stuff. This is real things. This is stuff that happens. Yeah, and it's it's shown through the documentaries, through other stuff. I mean, I love the one that the Nef- that Netflix put out and stuff. It really, it really engaged me and stuff, knowing that it's true. But it's sad at times that the system fails. And then it, it does. And then if you look at system fails, I mean, if you look at Hollywood, man. Hollywood's heavily involved in this, dude. Yeah. Hollywood. There's, there's, there's two, about seven years ago, we caught a good group of, of, of people that were running a ring in downtown Hollywood, man. And Hollywood stars ain't going to post nothing, but they're posting, they're in the club, but in the club, they got them there, man. They're pick, handpicked, they handpick 
the girls are handpicked anyway. Having all that money, they're going to drop any type of coin that they want for that individual. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's funny because, and this is another awareness. I mean, you got people with power and money. You look at Epstein, the Epstein files. That's how it was, man. That's how it is. That's mm-hmm. how vividly it is. You got people with money and power. Like I told you, they send the scout out to the school. They pay the school. They start reeling them into work. And little by little, boom, they're, in, they're somewhere else. And it's the same thing, even with people in our own neighborhood, in our own community. You don't need to have that that, that political power to human trafficking. Yeah. You have people that are here in our communities that have money, that will pay your kids to come over, that will pay your children to come over, that will pay for anything they want for their next Fortnite game, for their next whatever PS5, and they'll wheel them in psychologically. Oh, this guy cares for me. And the kid starts falling. Oh, this guy cares for me. Oh, this guy cares for me. And little by little, they'll wheel them in, and bam, they got them. And, you know, going back to the Epstein stuff, they said that a lot of, I guess you could say, symbolisms were out. Is that true, I guess you could say? Because they, they talked about, I guess, like the pizza gate. Mm. Is that stuff true? Like those certain words and stuff are it, equal to certain genders and ages? Completely true, man. And it, and it boils down to the spiritual aspect as far as symbolism and what, what attracts these people and what these things do. And... I think in our next segment, you said that we'll, we'll get into yeah. the spiritual part and how the spirituality, on my perspective, I have learned activates in this in this arena, and yeah, man, that's pretty intense. I mean, and it's hard because we as Christians don't. If we if the devil takes time to figure out God's game plan, mm-hmm. why don't we figure out the devil's game plan? Yeah, you know what I mean. He has a playbook. We have a playbook called the Bible, but this dude has a playbook for the Bible. He still thinks for some reason he's going to win, but we know God has already won and defeated it, but he still operates. Yeah. He still does. He still, because he, he rules here on, on earth. Correct. Yeah, this is his land. Yeah. Pretty much for what the Bible says, but we know that that God at the end of the day, he, he he's the one who already knows that the devil's defeated. Amen. And we need to be the ones to to keep that in our minds and walk walk with that in our everyday lives to bring awareness to these to these situations. You know, it's it's something where it amazes me at times, <clears throat> like the amount of stuff that goes into this, because it, human trafficking can branch out into so many different things, and um, the sexual part was it was crazy from what you were saying and how it happens and stuff and but that but at the end of the day we need to understand how this works and we do at times but sometimes we're just afraid but it's like what you said we we need to map out what the enemy is already going to try to do and just catch them there that's it man and and i believe it we can see it and i think and i pray it just takes one yeah it's like what you said it takes one kid who's gone through that to start start like a like a revolution. You said it. The revolution. There you go. The revolution to <clears throat> combat this and and you said it very well on Thursday when you took the mic and it's having God take His place back where He needs to be. Yeah, because right now we see that the enemy has full control, and right now God is below everything. But we need to stand up and cause a revolution. Be rooted to our biblical principles. Be educated to get into the system and put back, put God back on where He needs to be. Yep. Just the way this country was found on biblical principles, we need to bring it back into that. Yep. It's still there, 
but the enemy is able to to dig a hole and put it deep down inside and we need to we need to dig that hole and take it back and plant those seeds here and back in this country and know that that god god is in full control and if you plan on taking them out good luck yeah because god's gonna come back even stronger yeah yep and I'm James. I think you're an advocate for this. I think you're one of the warriors that's rising up against this. And I commend you, man. And I, and I pray as a father, as, as, as a, as a member of this nation, that mm-hmm. God blesses you immensely, man. That God provides every resource that you need to do what God's put in your heart. Cause hey, not I, a, I have a resource right now. Not, hey. not a lot of people, man, hey. have this in their heart. You know but, what I mean? But God has let us cross paths for and, for one reason, and it could be for this to start a revolution yeah. together and see what God can do through that. Amen. So we hope that you guys enjoyed this um, episode. It was vivid. It was a lot to take in, of course, but it's true. It's real life. Can we say a prayer? Can we say yeah, a prayer? of course. Can we say a prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Father God, we we come in agreement, Father in your name that's above every other name. We ask, Father, for every person that listened to this broadcast, we pray in the name of Jesus that your saving power come and rescue, Father, in whatever situation may be. If they're in human trafficking, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask right now that you make a way like you did for the Israelites. You parted the Red Sea when there was no way. Father, in Jesus' name right now, I just ask that you make a way where there's no way. Be the way maker that you are, Father. Father, I ask for every person that is currently in a situation of physical abuse, of sexual abuse, or even of mental abuse, Father. In the name of Jesus, I ask right now that you intervene like you never have before. That you, Father, once again, Take them out and bring them out, Father God, so they can be set free in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray. I pray that there's avenues and resources that be sent, Father God, to James, to James's corner. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that heaven opens up upon his life and rewrite everything that he needs and desires. Not only, Father, financial, but the right people. That he surrounds himself with the right people that will make this thing work for your glory. I thank you for his heart. I thank you for his passion, and I pray, Father God, this podcast reaches the world. And if it and if it started, let it continue to reach even bigger and better areas of the world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Amazing prayer. And thank you, man. Thank you, you know, for the opportunity. This, this wasn't. This isn't the end of this segment. We still got one more yeah. area we want to cover, and that's the spiritual realm of it. Yeah. And you know um junior has amazing stories to tell on that and to to know share his experiences so listen just to glorify god yeah now at the end of the day it's to glorify god everything we're doing to bring awareness to to these kids to these um women to these men who are hopeless right now but we know that we have the answer to bring them hope and to set them free and that's what we're doing with this so if you're listening we ask you right now that you may just share this to anyone that you know on your social media through instagram snapchat facebook that you're able to share this and spread the word be a be a vessel of hope be a vessel of encouragement don't be timid don't be afraid of what others are going to say 
know that you're doing this for the honor and glory of God. And mm -hmm. you should feel good about it because you're able to bring awareness and help these kids and women out. And you're able to be a shed a light. And we're all in this together. This isn't not only my podcast. Everyone who lis who's listening, this is all of ours. Because yeah. we're able to be an outlet. We're able to share it. We're able to do do everything. Yet I may be the one recording with the people, but you guys are the ones that are able to share it across the world. Yeah. And that's what I want to bring to you guys that this is all this ministry is for all of us yeah. and it's just remember if you're listening god has the power to make your past trauma into your present testimony yes and that's what we're going to believe and have this dude change your 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 beast man <laughs> your beast thank you and like always if you're going through something need prayer or if you're going through any type of sexual abuse please reach out to us we have the prayer leaders and we have the professionals there who need who are going to be there to help you so if you are don't don't be afraid we don't know you you don't know us just know that we're there to be an outlet of help for you so if you're going through anything please reach out to us give us a dm and we have people lined up ready to pray for you people to people to help you so if you are dm us on instagram at james's corner and and see what god can do through you so that wraps up this episode on um, human trafficking, on the sexual abuse, on how it happens at home. And we covered a bit of Hollywood, but most of it was to to shed light on the sexual and abuse in, in, its, in its corporation and at home. You know, next time in our next episode, we'll be discussing the spiritual realm of it on how the enemy works his ways through it and how we are able to combat this and help these kids out spiritually. So hopefully you guys stay tuned for it and you guys receive it and don't forget don't forget to like and share and follow on all the platforms that, that you're listening on or you're able to see. So God bless you guys and I hope you guys have a good rest of the week.